sorry to disappoint you. So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude. Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like. I make mistakes. Like, lots of mistakes. I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. I guess I'm just imperfectly human. Welcome to another episode. Well, I say another episode, but welcome to Imperfectly Human. So the Daily Perspective Network presents <laughs> Imperfectly Human. <laughs> so you may be wondering, you may be wondering what Imperfectly Human is. This is, don't change the channel. This is the regular program. We have yeah. just rebranded. <laughs> exactly. I am still Mr. Daly, and yeah, that I'll is see still, that well. That, there you go. So, um, you may be wondering why we have rebranded, and um, if you were listening a few weeks ago, Terence mentioned. You know, I started talking about all the different things that I was planning to do, and Terence, Terence got that gift of prophecy. <laughs> I just, love, I just love you, man. <laughs> uh, but Terrence, Terrence hit you and said, you know, what I was talking about was the Daily Perspective Network. And, you know, we sat on it for, for a bit and true to form, it, the vision is for the Daily Perspective to become the Daily Perspective Network. Um, so the Daily Perspective podcast will continue, but this podcast is slightly different so imperfectly human takes over where the daily perspective left off um the daily perspective will become what i i guess what i originally envisioned it to be which was a place where i share just my thoughts on everything um as the as the trailer for the show suggests um, so we felt that there was a slight disconnect because what we talked about here was more around educating and helping people grow. And it didn't feel right um, to take away from what we were doing here by bringing in more, bringing in something else into the fold. So we decided to, to take the, the opportunity to take this podcast and make it a standalone uh, show on the network. The Daily Perspective will continue. So the Daily Perspective podcast will move to a new day. Uh, Fridays, 9 a.m., you will get Imperfectly Human. And then um, other things will come in the future. So there are other ideas. There is stuff that's going to be more YouTube-focused that's coming. Lots of different ideas. There's going to be collaborations um, with iProgress. We are not stopping. We're, we're, we're going to be like Puffy said, can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> I would do my, I would, I would do, I'd do my Diddy dance. I, I would do. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, do, do a little Harlem shake and, and, and keep it moving. So, uh, but yeah. Um, so before we get into it, I want to give a shout out to everyone on Spotify, YouTube, um, Anchor. Um, actually, actually, good point. This is a, probably a good time to raise the fact that we will be transitioning away from Anchor because 
Anchor does not allow um, multi-show podcasts. The, the functionality isn't there. So we are moving away to another Spotify partner. So we are staying within the Spotify family, but we will be moving to another partner. Um, so yeah, shout out to everyone, but shout out to everyone that's, that's currently listening to us on Anchor. Um, or oh, what's the other one? Breaker, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, um, SoundCloud, wherever it is that you listen, we just want to shout you out and say thank you for listening. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for watching. Thank you for liking and hitting the subscribe button, all that good stuff. Um, and we just want to pick up where we left off last week. And I've been, I've been, I've been anticipating this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before before we go before we go on there, I just wanted to just recap what you were saying. And one thing I think it's important for us to you know to shift this podcast to the new name is because I know, like I said, with David, he has a lot more things he wants to do, and I didn't want him to try and wrap everything around this what we were doing because there's some standalone things that he's passionate about too, and so. It, it allows him to have all the different avenues and, and kind of path that he wants. Uh, and this can kind of be the thing uh, on its own too. So as he grows, you know, then he can grow. And which I think yeah. The Lord wants him to grow. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, I, and I said, and I'm excited about it too, because I know some other things that he has in the works. And, you know, we talk about some things he has in the works. And so just, uh, you know, we are the, the, the guinea pigs for what he got coming up. So <laughs> as, as we build this, then he, everything else will be easier and everything else can kind of build on that. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm just excited to be a part of it. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And um, should we, before we get, like you said, before we get into it, so Imperfectly Human. Mm-hmm. Do you why, want to define that? Why, why did we go with imperfectly human? Well, we went back and forth. <laughs> yeah, we went back and forth over a couple of days with the name. Uh, and it, it, one thing that we always talk about with our discussion is how we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. But we've been in spaces and places or phases of our life where we felt like we had to and the effects that they had on us. And we learned even, so even just how me and David connected, you can have conversations, you can network with people, but if you don't, if you can't be authentic with the person you're connecting with, uh, then you really can't build anything off of it. Because if I'm only sharing what's right about me, yeah. you can't fully connect with me. And so that was the thing that evolved. We started just talking about stuff that we went through and then we saw so many similarities. Like, man, you went through that, I went through that. Man, you think about that, I think about that too. And so then, so that's what kind of kept going over the span of time. We'll talk, I'll talk about something, and he was like, man, that sounds like somebody's been. And he'd say something. And and so in perfectly human, it just fits because that's what we want to frame as Christian. Yeah. Like we're imperfect and we're human. And we just trying to be better each day. Yeah. And and I think that allowed it 
it's even with the name, it communicates well. That's what you know. Other people might think like, "Well, that's how I am. I'm perfectly human." It's like, yeah, I, yeah. You don't ever know. Every day, I'm not. You know, I'm not saved all day long. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that's it. I think for me, that's been that's everything about what I wanted to do with the Daily Perspective, um, and now the Daily Perspective Network. I want to create content for people who do not who appreciate or accept the fact that they are not perfect um there is this false sense of righteousness that people can portray and um people can come with this holy even vow perception of themselves and um i was reading today in job and it was when his friend uh uh I think the first guy that spoke to him was Eliphaz. Uh, he was basically yes, saying, he was basically saying to him, you know, fools will succeed for a period of time, and then the destruction, sudden destruction, will come upon them. And sometimes, people, a fool is someone that that promotes himself to self. You know, we're, we're going to get. I'm already getting into the topic, but you. You know, self, that self-righteous feeling of, of, yeah. of lifting yourself up, that false sense of humility, only fools do that. And I wanted this platform to be something that, that just demonstrates that as much as I strive every day to be a better person, I am still imperfect and that is okay. God accepts me where I am. And every day I just strive to do better than I did the day before. Mm-hmm. And that's all, this, and that's all that, that God ever asked from us. Just yeah. do your best. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- for me, that when, you, when you hit me with that, because I was like, I was thinking imperfectly perfect. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, yeah, somebody got that name. Some, <laughs> some, some, somebody had that name. And then, you, yeah, you, and then I think literally seconds apart, we both said, but I really like Imperfectly Human. Uh-huh. And we were like, okay, there you go. That's the one. Because I think it, it fits, it, but it fits our personality too. Yeah. Because that's one thing about you, David, that you do on here is you talk a lot about not just issues and concerns you had, but how the, the issues that you had are your flaws and how you heal from them or change from them or they shape who you are and I think a lot of people don't get that uh, from an authentic place where it's like I don't mind telling you about that about me Uh, and I'm cool with it I'm cool for you to know about it and I I think everybody is not like that and I think that's that's a refreshing part of it too where you can get Bible, you can get everything else but you get it from a everyday perspective where it's like it's not telling you all the right that I did. I'm telling you something wrong that I did too. Mm. And what I learned from it. And I think that's where growth happens when you can not just learn from your mistakes, but you can frame the lesson in your mistake. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Ah. <laughs> so look, you talk, so last week you told me you wanted me to start where I left off. Yeah, yeah. So so let let me just prove let me prove my point 
that okay. I was I was dead serious about what I said last week. Yeah, I went. I don't know if you can see it, but on the, the what yeah, I wrote, I, yeah. I, I went straight to the last thing you said, and yeah. that was that's what I wrote down. I was like. Uh, so, so that I, if, just in case you didn't remember, I was gonna say. So you know, so okay, Terrence, go ahead and say, yeah, go on and say, go on. So Terrence, last week you said <laughs> <laughs> you ended it, but you ended it with uh, "We are, we are God's vessels." Um, he pours into us what we need, then we operate in our in, in the fullness of that as the vessel as vessels reflecting what He has put into us for others. Mm-hmm. So. I was so I was reflecting on this yesterday when I was when I was doing you know doing the editing and stuff, uh-huh. and and it still it still hit me with the same energy because mm-hmm. it, when you said it, I really wanted you to unpack it then, mm-hmm. but then I was like we no we we got to stop we got we really got to stop now so so but I heard it yesterday and I was like okay no Terence needs to unpack that okay. Tell me what you mean. Okay. So, and I got a whole other angle to it now. Okay, okay. I wrote some notes down this morning too. So I'm going to go where I went and then I'm going to go to what I just just wrote down. So being a vessel means that you have uh, something contained within you that's important. But it also is important that you're not filled with the wrong thing. Yeah. So in order for God to feel me, I can't already be filled with something not of him. Right. So if I'm asking to be used by God, I'm really first asking to be emptied of the things that are not of him. Okay. The other part is before God can feel me, he has to fix the cracks in my vessel. Because if he feels my vessel, I have cracks, then it will flow back out. Yeah. So I can't contain it. What we do with God, we ask to be filled, but we don't want to be healed first. So then, if we don't go through the, just like we were talking about before, if we're, we're not healed first, then we can't really be as productive. Right. Because God can't fully use us in the manner he wants to because the more he pours in, the more that will then continue to go out. Now, it's different from overflow. Overflow is because I am fully healed and I can contain everything and it's coming from the top out. If I got cracks in it, it's flowing in a in different directions. Yeah. So really, I'm always extending what God is pouring into me because now it's flowing in too many different places. Yeah. It's not controlled. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's being poured in, and before it even gets to do what it's supposed to do, it's escaping through the gaps, the cracks, mm-hmm. and the things that, that were never healed. Mm-hmm. So the fullness or the richness. So it's mm-hmm. like if you imagine a vat of wine yep. or the wineskins, 
Yeah, yeah. And how the wine needs to sit for 20, 30 years and the, and the flavor get deepens and you get that richness of flavor and you get the, 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 the longer it sits, the better the quality of wine. But if the wine skins have holes in them, they pour straight out, that, you know, you lose them. And whatever is left doesn't really get to develop because one, you've got things spilling out. Two, you've got air seeping in. Mm-hmm. and changing the flavor of what is in there so it doesn't truly mature into what it's supposed to be. And see that, so then the scripture, you know, that said that, you know, don't pour new wine in the old wine scheme. So you can't ask for something new, a new manifestation from God if the container is still old. So then you think about what God said, you know, uh, you know, if you're in God, you're a new creature. Yeah. So everything that God does, it creates a new or renews. But how can we renew with some old? And that can be our thoughts. It can be uh, our mindset. It can be our actions, our behaviors or whatever. So it means to be used by God I have to change my perception of what my role is with God. Because if I'm a vessel, then I'm willing to be filled with whatever God wants to put in me. Right. So I can't be selective in what God puts in me. I can't say like, Lord, okay, I can get that press stuff, but I don't want to do all that. You know, I don't want to be no laying no hand. A lot. I'm cool, you know, praying and, you know, speaking to folks or whatever, but I don't want to do no missionary stuff. I don't want to mess with no homeless people. I don't, mm. don't, don't give me that. But just, you know, feel me with stuff that make me feel good about myself. Right, yeah. Or make me, make me, you know, make me look good in front of other people. I, I'll do that. Let me yeah. But when we actually want to be or uh, surrender to being a vessel for God, that means that whatever he fills us with, then it also equips us for what he wants us to do. The reason why we burn out so much is that we're doing things that God didn't equip us for. So how can he, if he's filling our vessel, then that vessel is for specific use. And so we're doing things in our own power that we don't have any filling in. Almost kind of like how you have a, a snack cake or something like that, and it had a cream filling and stuff. Yeah, and that's what you want. You want to get it. You want to get the like the little devil with the, with the cream in the middle, and then you buy and stuff, and it don't have nothing in the. You know, it's not filled with nothing. It's like, man, this don't taste right. Yeah, that's not what I. No, like I don't like that. That's kind of what people experience from us is that. Is we doing things or we doing good things, but doesn't have any substance to it. It's not yeah. filled with anything because God didn't fill it. Uh, and that's why it's so hard for us to do the things uh, that we are doing. It's not that they are hard. Sometimes it's just against what God wants us to do or what he created us to do. Yeah. And that's that friction. And so that's why when you look at the vessel, the vessel has everything to do with preparation. 
And so if I have prepared myself to be a vessel, I can't be a vessel because the preparation is through the surrender of what I wanted, my desires. Being a true vessel is I'm being filled by God to reflect God. So whatever God is feeling in me will show outside of me. Instead of me having cracks and then me trying to feel stuff myself and the thing that I feel my vessel with is caused the cracks. So I put things in the vessel that wasn't supposed to go and they jut out, they stick out, they push up against stuff and they create these, these fractures because I wasn't built to hold certain things. So I'm holding things that I wasn't built to hold and now I can't hold what God wants me to. Right. And then it escapes out. It's interesting. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go where you start where you just left it. But okay. um, what came to mind was if we imagine when God told Noah to build the ark, mm-hmm. he said take two of every kind of animal and take them in. Now if Noah had taken three, just just one more of what of what God had asked him to take, one, the the likelihood is it would have there wouldn't have been enough room for every type of animal that he was supposed to take. So the the, the vessel would have been um overcrowded there would have been again conflict and as you say friction within the vessel because there isn't there wasn't enough room to operate Mm -hmm. it would have also caused imbalance within the vessel because god chose one male one female to create harmony and balance and to allow the gift that to allow the, the gifts within the vessel to multiply. Now, if you had two, two males and one female or two females and one, one male, mm-hmm. there would have been a, a constant conflict between the animals as to who gets to mate and to, and therefore procreate to, to mm-hmm. rebuild that species. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we take heed as to what should be put into the vessel and how much should be poured into the vessel mm-hmm. and know when to stop taking things that aren't supposed to be in the ves- vessel into the vessel. So know when to cut things off, know when to draw the line, know when to say, no, that's not, of, that's not for me, I'm going to step back. Oh, that looks good. And normally I'd be quite interested in that. But because of where I'm going, because of what I'm supposed to be doing, that's not, that's not meant for me. Or that sounds like a great opportunity, but that doesn't align with what God said I should be doing. So I'm not going to take that on board and take that into me because it's going to throw me off balance. It's going to create friction. It's going to aggravate, it's going to aggravate, aggravate my gift. 
it's kind of like what where where we what we were saying about you know because we're still talking about being self-made here mm-hmm. and um but when you are self-made you are chasing after your own agenda your own design your own boundaries your own rules and when we do that there's just no room for what god really put in us it's that Ill- illegitimate blessing versus the legitimate blessing the two will always butt heads and and create conflict it just that's 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 the imagery that i got when you yeah no nah, no nah, so you brought so this morning what i read uh, the scripture that I read this morning was Philippians 4.19, but God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So it made me think about, well, what if we don't trust God to fill our vessels because we don't trust God to bless us? So our our tendency to fill our vessel is because we don't trust that God will provide. So then when we ask him for God to do things, he can't fill it. He can't give us those riches because we've been trying to acquire them ourselves. So they go right into the self-made stuff. So I'm going to make it happen because I can't trust God to give me what I feel like I need so now I have to fulfill my needs. Yeah. Yeah. And now I got to acquire stuff. I got to hold on to it. I got to hold stuff because yeah. if I if I got it, I know I got it. But if I got to wait or I got to have faith that God going to bring it sometime down the line, I don't know really when it's going to be. Yeah, okay, God. Yeah, I know that, but I, I don't really got time to do all that. So uh, I'm going I'm to make these moves. You know, like I need to, and then yeah, wherever you want to fit in, that's fine. And that's how we do with God. And what He's doing is when we really allow Him to fill our vessel, is we're saying that I trust that you will give me the needs that you know I need instead yeah. of the needs that I perceive I need. And those are two totally different things. So I was frantically tapping away because I was trying to find something and um, it just came to my head. So I needed to find the reference because I know the scriptures. Sometimes I don't know where they are, Um, but the scripture that came to me was. um, So I think King James version says every good and perfect gift comes from God. Yeah. Comes from God. So that's James 1.17 and it says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in, he- in the heavens. He never changes nor casts a shift, uh, a shift in shadow. Um, and then what you, was, what you were saying takes me right back to what we said at the beginning of part one um, when we said when we met, when we talked about the law of first mention, where it says God put every tree, every tree of every kind, um, every fruit bearing tree of every kind in the garden. And we talked about the Bible telling us this because 
you know, when we talk about law, law first mention, it's establishing the character of God or establishing something um, that it wants you to remember. And what we said there, that it was establishing the fact that God is a provider. So when you were saying that, you know, we don't trust God to provide, um, we're going against what God, God's original plan that he, what he set in motion where he said, I will be your provider by that very act that he carried out for Adam and Eve. And what happened in that first, in, in that first book, Adam and Eve failed to trust God to provide. So they went to acquire the, the, the knowledge of good and evil and to take from somewhere where God had told them not to, even though there was bountiful provision, they didn't need it to eat. They didn't need it for food. They didn't need it, but they went to take it. They took it. And that lack of trust in what God had told them opened a completely different path for them that completely changed humanity as we know it today. It, it was the, the doorway to birthing pains. It was a doorway to, to work and toil in the ground to, you know, people saying, you know, I, I got to slave away just to make a buck. That started in, 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 in Genesis because we failed to continue to trust God to be the provider that he said he was. Wow. So, that, so when you said that, I was like, boom, that, that hits, that hits yeah. straight. <laughs> so without what, what came to my mind when you said that was, you know, the scripture, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah. Making me to lay it down in green pastures. And, you know, that's something that I, you know, you always hear that as a kid, you know, it's all kind of stuff. You got the little books, the little pop-up books and all that. Yeah. But in the context of what we're talking about, it has a different meaning. So if the Lord is my shepherd, he's leading me, then he let me lay down in places where I can still eat. Yeah. Now, the important piece to that is, you know, pastors, that's usually grass. So what we do is, because it's not what we want, we would then discredit what God has provided. Yeah. In some seasons of our life, God would not provide us variety. So we'll be in the pasture eating the grass and say, I'm tired of this grass. I want something else. Man, I'm sick of this grass. I had this grass all kind of different ways. Yeah. I want something else. Yeah. And that's what we'll do. So, yeah. guys, I'm providing your need. You need to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we not satisfied with that. We said, Lord, I, I you know, I appreciate this grass, but Lord, you know, I, you know, I eat. So, you know, every now and then I like to have something else. You got some little meat I can cook or something, you know. I'm cool with that. Same example you, you said. They had everything they needed, but they wanted to eat of the thing that had been already restricted to them because they didn't want to be told what not to Yeah. They wanted to say, well, let's go on and let's, let's see. Like, you know, the Lord, he, God, you be saying stuff to him, really be meaning this stuff. He, you know, we, we can try it one time. It ain't going to hurt yeah. one time. And, and that's what we do. And so 
that's why we have to look at our needs differently. Because our needs do not do not mean that we will have variety in our needs, but we will have what we need. So if you have a house, yeah, it might not be the house you want, but it's a house. You got right, right. You're not you're not in a tent on the side of a road. Not sleeping outside of a, of a building, so your need is met. Yes, but it's not in the way that you envisioned it. You want you envision it compared to somebody else's. Yeah. So you'll discredit how God is providing your need by wanting what somebody else had. Yeah, and that's what pulls us away because we would. Then move from the place that God is providing our need to then going off into a place where now we have to create what we need. Yeah. So, uh, uh, that's oh man. So, um, there, there are there are thoughts just percolating in my head right now. So, um. I'm I'm going to say this because this was something that just hit me now. Mm-hmm. And again, just within the context of what we're talking about, mm-hmm. whenever we talk about Genesis, whenever everyone talks about everyone, everyone is mad as hell at the serpent, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is mad at hell at the serpent. Mm-hmm. Oh, if it weren't for that serpent, if it weren't for, but the serpent did not put free will in Adam and Eve. God did. The serpent did not force Eve to take the apple. The serpent catered or fed that seed that was already in Eve that was not content, as you've just said, with her need being met. Mm-hmm. She wanted more. Mm-hmm. She wanted she wanted to be like God. And that is exactly what we said about being self-made. It's not about being content that you are God-made and, and you have what you need in the right season. And that every every need that you have is being met, not just being met, abundantly being met. Because if we look at God, let me let me use let me just look at how Jesus operated. When the when it came when the people came to Jesus and he needed to feed five thousand, not only did he meet their need, they gathered up baskets of the leftovers and was it, it was like seven baskets or I might be confusing the, the two times. The second time with the 4,000, he did it again. They gathered up baskets of bread and food. So whenever God meets our need, because all he had to do was meet their need. God could have made that bread and fish stretch so that everyone got enough. So they weren't hungry anymore. 
and they could get home and they were good. And then as soon as they walked through their front door, they were like, oh, man, I just made it. I could, I'll get some more food. That's not what God did. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus met their need to the point where they were so full, they could not eat anymore. And there was still enough left over. So when we look outside of what, what God of being God made, we are saying that your provision is not enough. Neither is the abundant overflow that you have created from your provision that meets my needs and more. I am still going to outdo what you are doing because I think I know better or I can do it better. That is what we are saying when we are saying we are self-made. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So, so this is what came to me when you were talking. And it's tied to the, the temptation episode we did. So what you were just walking through, Adam and Eve was the first example of temptation. Right. And what they were choosing was either to do what God had instructed them to do or what the serpent was confirming of their own thoughts. So that's why the serpent, and like I said, people have different, you know, viewpoints of like the serpent being the devil and all that kind of stuff. So the the devil doesn't have to do much but confirm your thought. Yeah. So that's why he doesn't have to do as much to move you into doing something wrong is because it's attaching to something you already had in your mind. Yeah. Now the closer you are to God, you condition yourself to know that that voice is not going to lead to what God wants for you. But the other piece that I thought about was because Adam and Eve didn't listen to what God told them to do, they got evicted from the promised land. Right. And how many times do we get evicted from the place that God really wanted us to be by listening to outside voices. God has instructed us one way and provided our need in this place. But then we get a voice saying, you shouldn't do that. Why are you going to do that now? You want to just up and leave here? Man, why are you? Yeah. Man, I want to do that. Man, you got a good job, man. Why would you leave that job, man? Why you want to do that? And so then that voice gets bigger and bigger. The devil doesn't have to get in front of you and bully you into it. All he got to do is just keep activating the thought. Yeah. The more and more the thought gets activated, the less, the the more numb you are to what, to God's voice. Yeah. Because, you know, we said it before, God is not going to yell at you. So he's the small, still voice. And this voice is louder. Then what voice will you ultimately go towards? It's going to be the louder one because you condition yourself to be around loud things. Yeah, loud music, loud people talking, loud people. You know, places with a lot of people going back and forth. So you just like all this stimulation around you, 
And that's why you get swept up in it, into the distraction of it. It's all the things that can distract us, but because it's distractions, we link to those distractions as being what we should do because it's what everybody else is doing. Yeah. But we don't have that space to get away with God to hear and then see how he is providing. I mean, because sometimes it's not even just listening to God. It's being aware of what God is already doing. Not what he will do, but what he's already doing. Yeah. And that's what gets people to forfeit. So they're just like Adam and Eve. They got everything they need right there. They don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. But they weren't satisfied with that. <laughs> they wanted this right here. Dude, what you told me, I can't. You, you told yeah. me I couldn't get that. I want to know what that's about. I, 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 all this good, but this right there, I just want to know what that is. Yeah. And that's how they feel. Yeah. And, and that's what we do. And isn't it funny? We still we still do the same. So um, we got we got. I can't remember what it is. Um, we got a so we've got a game show here called Tipping Point, mm-hmm. and it's basically like a giant slot machine. And you answer questions, and you get a coin, and you put the coin in, and then it falls in, and then it pushes the it pushes the coins off the edge of the. It pushes the, off the edge of the platform. So, you know, it's like the ones you get at the carnivals where you put the coin in and it falls through. So it's like a giant version of that. And then the coins get pushed to the edge. And then you get to a point um, where if you haven't, if you haven't won the, the special token, you can sacrifice all the money you've won so far for one token to try and win the grand prize. Isn't that the same as, as, as what we do, what, what Adam and Eve did? They sacrificed everything that they'd been given. God had given them a bountiful blessing. And they said, yeah, God, that's all good, but I just want that one thing. Mm-hmm. That one thing looks so good, I, I, I'll forsake I'm willing to risk all of this just to have mm-hmm. that one thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, again, it's, it's, it comes from a place of us, again, it's, I want to say greed, but it's more, it's more than greed. Wants, I mean, would you say it's arrogance too? It is because you have to be arrogant to believe that you are good enough to win. You know, you don't have 10, 12, 20 tokens to get that thing off the edge, but you are so overconfident and arrogant that you believe that if you sacrifice everything you've won for that one token, you can get it off the edge. Um, that's a different kind of arrogance right there. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that you are willing to risk so much for one thing. And this is, this is and I think, it, again, it's a misconception that people have. You know, right now, the word that keeps coming back to me, um, and I'm going to get to my scripture as to why I, I believe it's an important word when we're talking about God-made versus um, man-made. 
Uh, the word that keeps coming back to me is sacrifice. There is, there is, there is an important element there of sacrifice that's required. And sometimes we think that us risking it all is sacrifice, but it isn't. Taking, taking risk or taking, and, and that's the thing that the world will tell you, oh, you know, well, to win big, you got to, you, you've got to, you got to risk, you got to take big risks. You know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And they, they, they've got all these buzz words and all these slogans for taking uncalculated, irresponsible risk. And sometimes it pays off. Whereas God says, you don't need to take any risk. Just listen to my voice because I've already made provision. I've already put what you need, where you need it, when you need it. When I told Abraham to bring his son, not to risk his son, to bring his son to sacrifice, that operative word there, I had already made the provision of the lamb that was already caught in the bush by the altar so that he could take it and, and make that sacrifice. You know, there is something. When, when, when God looked down and he said, I am going to, this is my people of Israel and I am going rem- to free them from their captivity and their slavery of sin, he had already planned a sacrifice to take our place. He had planned Jesus and he had made the ultimate sacrifice and said, don't worry about your sin because I have made provision for that. You will be taken care of not just today, but forevermore. Every time God has stepped in and intervened, the provision was already laid out and planned. It was not risk. It was pre-planned provision, PPP, <laughs> pre-planned <laughs> provision. <laughs> so that's good. That's good. <laughs> so, so you know, God, God, God doesn't, God doesn't play risk. He doesn't gamble. God is not a gambler. He doesn't. That's not his game. God likes he knows the the end before we even know the beginning he has planned and mapped it all out and yes there is an element of sacrifice that is required but the sacrifice is to show your faith so that the provision that has been pre-planned can come into play yeah, you just—I was just about to say, but you just—you just—you just, you just, you just, you just said. But you—you you said up something else too, and I'm trying not to go into it. But it's something we had talked about as another topic: sur- uh, surrender versus sacrifice. Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Not to go there. I know, I know. I'm a, I'm a pullback. <laughs> so, but what I'm gonna oh, say? It's good. It's good. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what I'm gonna say about sacrifice? So. The, the scriptures that, so I was carrying on because, you know, I, I, I've always got to go with my namesake, King David. Uh, me and me and him, we, we got a special kind of bond. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was carrying on with, um, with my reading and I was actually reading uh, First Chronicles 29. And it was talking about, um, it was talking about, 
David preparing the way for Solomon to become king. So God had already told David that Solomon was going to replace him as king. And in, in 1 Chronicles 29, David is laying out the gifts to build the temple because he sees the work that needs to be done. And God already, God told him, you're not going to be the one to build my house. Your son is going to build the temple. So Solomon, Solomon is going to build the temple. And then what you see, he's, David starts to talk about how Solomon is young and inexperienced. So what he, try, what he starts to do is he says, I'm going to use every resource at my command. So here we go. This is, this is the thing about, this is the thing we were talking about. God has put the people that will help you get to where you need to be around you. There are people that are going to lay a foundation back to what we talked about, the, the master architect. Mm-hmm. There is someone that is going to lay the foundations that you, that, and, and build that structure to a point that you can stand on firm ground. So David took the resources and um, he talks, it talks about David's devote, devoting everything that he has. And then he says, and now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am given all, all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. So not only did David start by saying, hey, guys, I need your help because my son is inexperienced. So I'm going to start. I'm not, it's not, I'm not going to start to build the temple because it's not my job to build it. But I'm going to make sure that all the resources he needs to get it done are available to him. I'm going to set the, I'm going to set the wheels in motion so that he can fulfill the purpose that God has set out before him because he may not have the experience. He may be weak in these areas and he hasn't been through what I've been through to get him ready to do this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that experience that I've got and I'm going to get the wheel. I'm going to, I'm going to grease it up. I'm going to get it going. I'm going to, it's going to be an easy journey. He's going to be able to slide it in right there. And then um, not only does he, he do, does he do that? He then says to um, the families of the leaders of the tribes of Israel, and he says, hey, look what I've given, I've sacrificed, but this is, this is your new king, and this is the task that God has set before your new king. I need you to meet me here and, and to, to sacrifice in order for this to be achieved because we understand the purpose that God has given to him and we need to help him on his way so that that purpose may be fulfilled. And it talks about how they, they give a hundred of 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 60, 675 tons of bronze, 3,750 tons of iron, precious stones and all these things. And then to, to then top it off, David goes and he prays. And um, man, I'm, I think I'm going to read this because, so I'm going to read from this point because there is, I think this, this bit, it will make more sense. So it says, then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. So he didn't do it. So this time 
there's something, uh, and I'm going to get back to it, but we talked about taking your, your request to God in the, in, when we talked about the right posture, we mm-hmm. take your request to God in private, let him do his thing in, pu- in public. Mm-hmm. But when, it, when the thing is done, you need to come back and praise God in public so God gets the glory and you don't get the glory. Mm-hmm. That is something where the right heart, when you have the right posture, you know that it's a, it's a, a posture of um, preparation and reception. But then when you get what you need, that, that po- there is a posture of thanksgiving to give the glory back and to reflect the glory back to where it's supposed to be. So that's a, a little slight diversion there, but I, 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 so, but, and, and, um, but it says, then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in heaven and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who, as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. Important point there. Uh, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made. At your discretion, people are made and great, are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have comes from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. We are here only for a moment, visitors and strangers in the land of as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow gone soon without a trace. Oh Lord, our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. I know my God that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives and I've watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. O Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac and Israel, make your people always want to obey you. See to it that their love, is, their love for you never changes. Give my son Solomon the wholehearted, wholehearted desire to obey all your commands, laws and decrees and to do everything necessary to build this temple which I've for which I have made these preparations. Then David said to the whole assembly, give praise to the Lord your God. And the entire assembly praised the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they bowed low and knelt before the Lord, <clears throat> the Lord and the king. And then, and then it goes on to talk about the next day, how they brought a uh, thousand bulls, thousand rams, a thousand male lambs and offered burnt sacrifice uh, to the Lord. But um, in that scripture there that we, that we heard, it touches on everything we've talked about in the last few weeks. David had the posture of saying, look, God, everything I have came from you. None of this is mine. I'm just a vessel that you have poured into, and now I need to pour, pour out what you have poured into me so that you can take the glory. Um, 
he had a, a posture of thanksgiving. Um, he talked about just acknowledging, acknowledging the, the need for obedience, um, for submission. It, this is what I say when David, because we, we talked about how David was a mess. But the heart of David just, David just knew how to connect with God's heart. He knew exactly what he needed to do to please God. Even despite of all his wrongdoing, he was like, I know God, I know, I know what you want me to do. And I'm, I'll, I will do it willingly. Yeah, I might go off track sometimes, but I know what you want me to do. And for me, just the way that he he laid everything up, the way he just prepared everything for Solomon and just said, because David could have got on his high horse and said, but I'm the king. I'm the current king. And God, I'm going to build you a temple whether you want me to or not. He could have done that. But he acknowledged and said, I will be obedient. Because obedience breeds righteousness. And what I do in this obedience to you is going to open the door, not only for my son Solomon, but as you have promised me, Lord, you are going to bring a king whose throne will never pass away in my, from my lineage. So David was, David was just continuing to sow based on the promises that God had given him. That, so the sacrifice that was made, there was just, you know, back to that thing. It wasn't even Solomon that was making any kind of sacrifice. The people around him, the people that believed so much in his vision, sacrificed so that that purpose could be lived out so that that purpose could be fulfilled. And it's kind of like what we say about our parents and their generation. We will never know the sacrifices that our parents have made for us to be where we are. Um, But that is why no man on this earth can be self-made because when you are in the presence of people that one, know God, two, love you, free, believe in you, they cannot help but sacrifice for you in order to help you get to to where you're supposed to be. And that's why I love the fact that they sacrificed, they brought a burnt offering to, um, to God because sacrifices, you know, there is a sacrifice of praise. There is a sacrifice of prayer. There is a sacrifice. There were sacrifices that our parents grandparents and all these people have made in private that we will never know about. But those are the things that why suddenly a door that we never thought would open opens. We get a job that we were nowhere qualified to get, but that's because people have sacrificed a long time to lay those foundations so that God was, God has said, yep, I'm just, he just needs to lean on that door a little bit and it's going to bust wide open because you guys have done all the heavy lifting. So I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. So, man. man. See, I've got to drink my water now because 
I'll be talking. You, yeah, you win. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, one thing I wrote down was uh, is it a sacrifice if it was, if it was, uh, if it's not mine? What I mean by that is, like, we talking about Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was his child. Yes. So that's more of a sacrifice because that's something that came from him. But what if it's something that I didn't have a part of? How can I then treat that as a sacrifice? Yeah. And most of the time, that's what we confuse is we think we're sacrificing things that we're just surrendering. So if you I mean, you do the job. So, if you got a car, you have a car note, you make payments, you start making payments, they will come get it. You have to surrender it because you're not in ownership of it. Yeah. So, you're not sacrificing it. You, you got to surrender it back because you didn't make sufficient payments on it. So, I think that's the confusion that we have is we feel that the things we're sacrificing uh, are real things, but they're really not because we don't have ownership of them. So it's the same thing about being self-made or God-made. How can we say that we sacrifice things if we can't even handle what Jesus had to go through? Yeah. So, how can you say, oh, I've been through a whole lot? Okay. Did you go through what Jesus went through? Right. Did you? Oh, folks, you talk about me all the time. Can you handle all the stuff that Jesus said to him? No. And so, we think that we have to endure so much, and we really don't to the level of, like you said, sometimes it might be to the level of our parents or whatever. But it's important to note that whatever it is, if it's not from God, it won't reach to God. So you can pray as hard as you want to, but it's not if it's not about God. <laughs> it's like the old saying, like you praying and don't even reach the rafters of the church. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like you you praying, but it's not God ain't get none of that. And so is God is God in what we do? Yeah. Because that's the that's the divine line between if it's of our own doing or if it's of God's doing. Because like you said before, and you said it uh in the the correct posture talking about how you know you spend time with God in private before uh, before you said anything in the public and then once it once things happen that you prayed about in private then you give God the credit in public yeah and most times we do neither we don't spend time with God in private and we definitely don't give him credit <laughs> in public yeah. so then to the Lord like well, why would I feel you with what I 
need to fill you with if you're not going to spend time with me anyway. Yeah. Because the one thing that we always forget about, you know, is that the guy's a jealous guy is not saying that it's always about, oh, you trying to, you know, go to different religions or different things like that. It's like you keep putting things above or in front of me. Yeah. And how can you be a vessel of me when you don't even reflect me? How will people know that you are in it? You are my child. If, like I said, your children look like you because they're your children. Yeah, (laughs) they came from you. But if you were walking around and your kids were with you and they look totally different, they're like, them your kids? You're like, yeah, they're my kids. Like, oh. You sure about that? I don't know, man. <laughs> and, and, and that's how I got, you know, do with someone. Like, guys, you know, I'm gonna change. Like, yeah, man, you ain't looking. You don't look like me. <laughs> you don't look like me. I don't know you like that. And and and, and that's and and if we at that point in our life, you know, that's a that's a shame. Yeah. Because what you said with David and what he gave up as far as money-wise, put that in context of what God paid for us, what Jesus paid for us. God purchased us from creation. Yeah. So when we were created, that's when he put a warranty on us where in order to fully unlock ourselves, we had to then commit to him. And that's kind of where you get the covenant part. Yeah. So covenant is something that people don't really talk about a lot now. You think about, you know, in the church, the church will have a church covenant, you know, somewhere in the choir stand or whatever. Like yeah. And it would be something that everybody kind of knew, like, oh, this is our church covenant, but we want something we read all the time. We knew it was there, but we didn't really read it as much. And so God has a covenant with us, but we haven't read the conditions of it. And that's why we forfeit what's in the contract. If we read it, we will understand. Just you said something last week, I think. It was even last week, the week before, you were saying that if we really, if we really knew who God was, we won't be scared. We won't be afraid. We'll be afraid. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's the, it's that same concept. If we really knew what our covenant with God is we won't be afraid of the uncertainty of life. Yeah. Because we know who God really is and what he is for us, his purpose. And God is not just uh, an exchange for us where we bring him some 
God, I'm gonna give you my problems. You give me some money. God, you know, we don't bought and trade with God. That's not how he works. The things that we lay or submit back to him or surrender to him are things that he already knew we would have. So it's almost, and it was something some that you were saying earlier, and I meant to say it before it's test. It's with faith. So faith comes with test. Mm, yeah. So, so you think about it every so often, every, every kind of predetermined time, God will send you a test to test your faith to see if you will continue on the path that he wants you to be on. Right. And it's a choice. So that's that's one thing. Like you're talking about Adam and Eve or with Abraham, it's a choice. They had a choice in all of it. Because we have free will, we can choose God every time we have something that happens to us. Like any situation that we confuse or frustrated or upset, but we don't choose God. We choose everything but God. Mm. But then we come to God after we chose wrong. So we don't choose God. (laughs) We default to God. And God is like, man, I'm tired of just coming to me when you just messed up. Why can't you come to me at the beginning? Yep. Yep. I already know what's going to happen when you don't choose me when you ignore and then you're going so you're going to not choose me then you're going to run away from me because now you shame so now you're going to run farther away yeah now I'm sitting here waiting on you like I put this in you to do now you're running farther away from me and you can't do it without me yeah and now you get further, further. Now you get burned out. Now you get tired. Now you, now you beating yourself up. Now you putting more and more burdens on yourself. Well, all you gotta do is turn back. Yeah. But that's when we get even more arrogant because, like, God let this happen. I ain't man. I'm through with God. So I'm gonna go way out here. I'm gonna do my thing. I'm do right. Like, say, right. I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna do me now. I'm gonna do me. I don't just forget God right. and all this stuff and all this kind of stuff. And you get further and further away from God. And you know what's crazy? So I was thinking and, and um there there are a couple of points. There's one thing that I was gonna ask, there's a question that I was gonna ask, and, and mm-hmm. that was so what if um God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac because Isaac wasn't Abraham's. He was God's. Um, so so you, you, that, that's, that's the end or you got something else? You got no, 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 no. So that, that, that's my question. So, so hold, hold on to that question. Okay. Um, the, now, the, the, the point I was going to make was something that came to me earlier, but what you just said reinforced it. Um, when when we are God made, mm-hmm. there is no room for us to put anything else 
at God's level or above God or before God, because we are in a we are in a position of being used for God's purpose. If that makes sense. It's more of a we are a vessel to be for work to be done f- through. Whereas when we, pardon me, when we say we are self-made, we are um, we are basically saying that I am the one who creates. Therefore, we create and build idols that we then worship because that's what we do when part of some of the most successful people live eat, live, and breathe what they have created to the point where they worship what they have created. Mm -hmm. And there is no room for God because that thing has become the idol in their life. It's what they wake up thinking about, what they go to sleep thinking about, what they think about during the day. They They forfeit their families and their children and whatever and their friendships for that thing, it becomes an idol in their life. And they believe that in order to achieve or to be successful, they cannot deviate from that thing. Now, if they put the same energy into serving and being, seek it, as the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, they don't have to give up the things and the blessings and the the things that God has put around us for our pleasure, because he says our marriage is for our pleasure. He he says our children are for our pleasure and he doesn't want us to be alone. He says we should eat and be merry and have good things and to enjoy life and to live life abundantly. But you can't when you create an idol that takes over your life. But when you create, when you focus on God and you seek first the kingdom of God, you can enjoy his bountiful blessings because God is doing what he needs to do. And the provision, as we said before, the pre-planned provision comes into play. So that was what what, what kind of came to me. Now, I'm going to let you get back to the question. Wow. Okay, look, say the question again because I ain't wrong from those no. days. I ain't wrong something what you just said. So what if God asked I, um, Abraham to sacrifice Isaac because Isaac wasn't God's? I'm sorry, wasn't Abraham's. He was God's. So for me, that would mean that it was a true sacrifice. Because sacrifices that God requires of us, He provides the true sacrifice. So just like we were talking about mm. like when Ram in the bush with us like that. Abraham thought he was gonna have to sacrifice Isaac. But because just so going right with what you were just saying, because Isaac was God's, God already had the true sacrifice already yeah. then. All it was meant for Abraham was to test if he would be faithful enough to give up the very thing that was from him. Yeah. 
the very thing that had been promised to him and that he had waited so long to see. Right. God wanted to see whether Abraham was going to make Isaac an idol in his life mm-hmm. or whether he was going to allow God to remain God in his life. Mm-hmm. So, and this is this something that I thought about, the difference between man-made and God-made. So if you're man-made, you work off commission. If you're God-made, you work off submission. Oh, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a man-made, you work off commission. Yeah. If you're a God-made, you work off submission. So if I'm making myself, then I have to make sure I monetize everything I do. Right. But just, just as you were saying with David, David gave up what he had to build the very thing that God wanted. So that's in submission to God. But then he had to get permission from God to build, you know, to, you know, yeah. to build. So no matter what I what in I invest or I have to give up, if I give it up in submission, then it pays off for me. It pays dividends. But if I'm always working for commission, that means I'm always looking for the next avenue to bring me what I need. But if I submit, I understand that God has more than up and above what I need if I submit to him. And that submission may mean that for a while I might not have what I want. But he will provide all my need. So I have to be content, just like you know, you know, I learned to be content in any in a stage of you know phase of yeah. my life. So my happiness can't be predicated on everything being great in my life. As long as I know and I have that got that connection with God, I can be content. I could be content if I don't have a lot of money. I yeah. can be content if I don't if I'm not where I want to be in my career. I can be content if I if I'm not where I want to be relationship wise. I can be content, not complacent, but content. Right. Knowing that if I'm in this season, then God has a reason for that. So I can be content knowing that it's something that this phase of my life is teaching me for the next one. And so then I don't have to be impatient because I know just like we were talking about last week, because if I rush it, I might not heal the way I need to. Yeah. If I rush it, I'm going to get the lesson. And I rush to get to overcome what what my situation is and not extract the lesson from what the season is doing for me. Because it's doing, that's how all things work together for my good, is the extraction of the lesson from my life. Yeah. If I'm living life and I'm not learning from my life, then I'm doing myself a disservice 
that's why the things that have happened to me have happened to me in my life to teach yeah. me a lesson. But if I don't, if I don't take time to understand those things or unpack those things, then how else? How is my relationship with God gonna grow? Because now I can't apply what my situation situation is now to what God is about to do. Yeah. Then that'll make me look at God differently. So God won't be my provider. He'll be the very thing that's holding me or preventing me from having the life I want. So that will make me turn from God because God, you won't give me what I want. This is what I want. And you won't give it to me. So man, I don't only need you now. So I'm just gonna go and do my own thing. Cause you, you just like I ask for stuff, you don't give it. Stuff happened to me and you don't explain it to me. You got people around me that they don't treat me right, you know, all these different things. And so we use all of that, and that's all our internal stuff. It's not God's stuff, it's internal stuff. Mm. Because anything that's around us or the environments we in, he created all that too. So you mad with people, he created them too. So he ain't just create you. Yeah. He created them too. Yeah. So like Lord just moving from my head with me. You might be the hate of somebody else's life. Somebody might be praying you away. <laughs> You don't never know. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I didn't have these haters around me, I could really do something. Well, somebody praying about you, too. Yeah. You need to get yourself together. If you want the haters the way, you stop being a hater. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Oh, man. I didn't just burn me over people talking about haters. I did. Because I said, I said, I would say this, and then I, I, I'll stop. And we were doing the live the other week. I said, you know, people always talk about people hate, oh, people hating on me. And I, I said, I said, I said, now I'm just going to say this. I said, I'm going to keep it one. <laughs> I said, some of y'all not doing anything for people to hate on you for. So just, just stop. Just don't even do that. People so say you got haters because you're not doing anything for people to hate on you. So just don't do that. So that's that's be my last. Oh man, this is too much. <laughs> um, I, you said something earlier that that really resonated with me, and I think I think this this is probably a good place to wrap it up on because mm-hmm. I, I think, I, I think we've made the point, but um, what I really wanted to use to drive this home was uh, Romans five twelve, which is Adam and Christ contrasted. I actually started off saying, looking um, that Jesus came from, the line of David. Mm-hmm. And what did David do? Well, in that scripture that I read in First Chronicles 29, David said, I give all of my treasure mm-hmm. and everything that is mine for the temple of my God, for, towards the building of the, of the temple of my God. Christ sacrificed all. And what what we mean by that, he gave up, he gave up his 
divinity to come into a world that he created into an earthly form to set us free from sin, to take on our sin and condemnation, that we may be free and have eternal life. And in the scripture, it just basically said, and, and you know, we, we, we already talked about how Adam and Eve dropped the ball. So, but it, the scripture just says, when sin entered the world, Adam's sin through, uh, brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted sin uh, because there was, yet, there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, and even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did, um, now Adam is a simple symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of one man brought Adam brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And as a result of God's gracious gift, um, as, and as and the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of one of this one man, Adam caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead of giving us, rules instead, giving us right standing with God and result in an eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. For me, that, I think what was... The, the, the contrast I'm making in the, on this sort of self-made versus um, God-made is that although God formed Adam, just as he formed us, God made provision for Adam, just as he makes provision for us. But Adam chose to give in and to try and make himself like God. But on the other side, we have Christ who was and is God, who humbled himself and took and gave up everything that was rightfully, rightfully his to come here and to take on what wasn't his, a, a penalty that he didn't deserve just so that we regained the opportunity to be made by God. That is a contrast that 
You know, that for me, that sums the whole thing up. If you really want to understand and really want to walk in success in your purpose and in your life, stop trying to be self-made because what you are doing is moving into the realm of idolatry. Focus on allowing God to be the provider that he said he is, that he set out right in Genesis. Let him be the provider in every scenario, every situation, every circumstance in your life and submit to him because what Christ did on the cross has already made a way for you to be in constant right standing and connection with God and to receive the fullness of blessing from God, to receive the fullness of provision, not just provision that is enough for you, but overflowing and pouring over to bless those who are around you. I know which one I would choose. So... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ain't really got much to into that. Uh, but what I, I guess the one thing I will say is, if you want to be a vessel for God, if you want to be filled and used by God, make sure you reflect your Father. Right. Right. Now, and that comes to, so back to what we were talking about at the beginning when we were trying to find a name. Mm-hmm. Mirror image. Mm-hmm. Yep. You need to try and be a mirror image of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not trying to say that you're trying to make yourself God, but yeah. you want to live and mirror the life that Christ lived when he was on this earth. He lived in complete humility faith, trust, submission, all the characteristics that God asks of us, Jesus exemplified when he walked this earth. So, yeah, now I'm with you on that one. So. (laughs) That's that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm done. It's a wrap. So, so, uh, this has been, so for me, I'm glad we came back to finish this one up. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was this was definitely an area of a topic that I think um, hopefully is going to touch a lot of people, is going to minister to a lot of people, is going to help a lot of people. Uh, it, like, like we said last week, it certainly helped me. I know it's, it's helping you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to next week. So next week, are we going on to surrender versus sacrifice? Was that the plan? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. After today, I don't know. Okay, because uh, I because I think we 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 did some of it today. So I don't know if it if it need to be a whole episode now. Okay, I don't know. Uh, it might be something else. I well. Okay, I do have a, a thought, but I don't think it's for next week. But I'm pretty sure when I say this, you're gonna be wanting to do it. Uh, but I don't know if it's for next week. But I ain't gonna say it on. Okay, I'm yeah. Gonna say it when we get out. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so I'm gonna hit you with the socials. Um, so you can check us out on YouTube. Um, 
And at the moment, the YouTube is still the same. It is going to change. It's going to become Daily Perspective Network. But right now, it's youtubes.com uh, slash Daily Perspective. You can catch me on Instagram at uh, DY Daily. You can catch me on Twitter at DY Daily. Or you can connect with me on Facebook, uh, David Daily. Or you can see, search us out using um, our handle on Facebook, and that's at Daily Perspective. And finally, you can check out, check us out on um, www.dailyperspective.co.uk. Uh, Terence, hit them with your socials, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, email info at iprogresscc.com uh, at iprogresscc on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Facebook Live every Monday and Thursday, Central Standard Time at 12 noon. Uh, and I'm trying to think of anybody else. Like, we'll have some more stuff, but I can't really say it right now until we finish. So, we, until we have our meeting tomorrow. <laughs> so, so, we have some more stuff. Um, and then just look for some other things uh, coming down the pipeline and for a lot of stuff next year. Uh, and it seems like next year, fall way, but it's like the good one. Nah, it's around the corner. That's around the corner. Cool. So we're going to close this off as we normally do. And we are going to remind you that Christianity is a personal walk and a relationship between you and God. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect, but that's okay. God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all. Live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. And with that said, this is Mr. Daly signing off. It's Dr. Johnson. Peace.